Let's get kinky. You're listening to the Funny Dom podcast. This week, uh, got a few things. I want to start the show by talking about self-collaring. I had a good conversation about this with a subscriber. And we talked about her journey and how self-collaring might be a very, not just valid, but needed and well-earned goal and threshold for her in her journey. She'd gone through a lot of growth, gotten out of a bad relationship and yeah, grown a lot just uh, recently and uh, was moving on and doing some uh, coaching uh, herself and yeah, it occurred to me, wow, that feels like you've gone through this whole growth journey and you might have jumped over a step where you adorn yourself. And then we talked about what, uh, what that meant. And I think self-collaring is still not, uh, not discussed enough and not done as widely as it should be. And not just by submissives, although that is going to be the, the large focus. I think for any kinkster and any identity some kind of threshold is extremely healthy and very, very good for you. And self-collaring in particular has such good functionality. And I think maybe a lot of people don't understand how useful it really can be. You see, it's not just about getting yourself something and having an an accessory it's about having a tangible artifact of your identity that is often partnered with a partner it's often attributed to a partner and I think a lot of people have the experience especially in their first few dynamics where they end up very understandably attaching the part of their identity that they may have only just found or they may have found with a partner to the partner. And then the relationship ends or changes, even if it's uh, an amicable end, um, and that part of their identity is attached to that other person. And I think to some degree that is very, very common and maybe unavoidable to a small degree, but it's when it becomes a large degree that you have that feeling of being in a complete vacuum and not being sure, you know, who you are or or if you have that part of yourself because it was attached to the other person, which is, it's understandable, but it's also, it's absurd because the, the, your, your submissive self, your, your kink identity is you. It's never another person. It's always yours. So it is a mistaken illusion and a, and a harmful one to get caught up at the end of a relationship where you lose that part of yourself, where you feel that you've lost that part of yourself. Because you haven't, it is there. But the feeling of having lost it can make it difficult to reconnect with for some time. Um, and, and I've been... Um, working with a few of my subscribers who are in that position and kind of helping them by 
kind of giving them some kind of you know dominant guardrails and some and some structure so that they can build themselves back into that position and reattach themselves to themselves and and that's a, a, a privilege to be able to do but I think if more people self-collared and understood it and really used it with intention and and, uh, and and real mindful energy, then less of this would be needed. So how do you how do you self collar? Um, I think I might do a guide on this. Uh, I've been putting it off because I felt like I didn't have a place to talk about it, but that's ridiculous insecurity and ego. Everyone has a place to talk about everything. Uh, you'll talk from your point of view. This will be from my point of view as a dominant and a caregiver. I think that um, self-collaring can be as simple as finding an artefact, whether it is a collar or a necklace or a bracelet or an anklet, something that you wear on your body, something that you feel resonates with you and is comfortable, and wearing that with just that intention of this is, this is me, this is representing this part of myself, and you just find it, find one that you like, and get it <laughs> and put it on and wear it all the time or some of the times or when you feel you want to it's it's really really a self-made thing it can it can be flexible to what you want it to be and it can be that simple or you can highly ritualize it if that is the kind of thing that again resonates with you if you like ritual if you want to really in- imbue it then I think that's great as well I think it's good to do a a full-on ritual, you know, um, you know, wait for a full moon or a threshold, or wait for a, a a goal to be achieved, and on that night, you know, pour yourself a drink, whatever it is, make yourself something, light a candle, you know, put the whatever the artifact is, the collar that you've chosen for yourself, put it in front of you. Um, think about what you want it to mean. Think about your your journey and how far you've come and what you want to achieve and your value to yourself and put all that into the artifact and then put it on and just in a comfortable position just breathe and just take that in and just kind of really sit with that I think that's a really useful thing and you'll find that once you've kind of gone through some process like that and you start wearing it. Every time Every time you wear it, you're imbuing it. Every time you wear it and you touch it, you look at it, you remember that you're wearing it. You see it in a mirror, you think, oh, that's me. That's representing my submissive self. That's me embracing that. And it can be a very simple kind of day collar type collar, which is really just a kind of necklace. You know, people are just going to assume it's jewellery. But, and this is what I was talking about with the, the subscriber, it's more what jewellery used to be. Jewellery used to be, you know, adornment. It used to be meaningful, you know. This is where, like, uh, war medals and things come from. You know, it's supposed to have meaning, just like a, a tattoo should. It's supposed to mean something. You're putting something on your body as a, as a representation of something, a symbol. So every time you put it on, you are, again, representing that symbol. And that's what it's really for, for yourself to know that. And that already is very, very good and very powerful. But then the functionality really comes in when you do have a relationship. And maybe it's a, 
quite a developed relationship gets to the the point where a partner wants to to collar you and whatever level of seriousness or attachment you put into that process if they do get you a collar um, and you have a kind of committed ongoing dynamic relationship if and when that changes or ends that that collar doesn't need to be seen as something that is gone and taking with it you that is attached to them it can be a symbol of that and that's great and healthy but you already have the symbol that is you you already self-colored so you're already there they they can't affect that they won't change that and i think that's the real powerful and healthy functionality of self-coloring And I do think dominance should be doing this as well. And I have thought about doing this myself uh, because I have not. But I have thought of finding a, a threshold or a goal to give it a growth kind of uh, uh, intent and getting some kind of um, like leather uh, bracelet, something that I feel can connect with me and to get that and to wear that as the same thing as a symbol of my own identity to myself. And I think that's very healthy and, again, something that uh, I think most dominants do not do at all. So I think we should all really look into self-collaring. If you've uh, got any, any, any questions or you would definitely like to know more about self-collaring, um, you know, let me know, send me a message, um, Give me more uh, focused areas of it to, to look at. I think I'll do a guide on self-collaring. So the more feedback I get, the more I know what people um, you know, want to kind of learn about and want to kind of discuss more. But, um, mm, yeah, there's a lot there. So let's, uh, let's get to some questions. In your opinion, what do you think the biggest challenge in balancing polyamorous relationships are? Um, thank you for your time. Well, I'm by no means a, um, a uh, poly uh, educator. Uh, there's some really, really good ones online who I follow myself and I've learnt a lot from. But um, in my experience... Uh, I think self kind of regulation is the biggest challenge. I think a lot of people automatically think it's the insecurity and jealousy thing, and that's a it's a thing that happens. I think that comes out of self, you know, regulation and and yeah, that part of that is the security. I think if you if you are um, putting enough energy into your yourself, into your own balance and being grounded and to working on your own attachment issues, then I think everything else is really just the standard kind of things that you want to kind of work on and get better at anyway, like, you know, just the communication and all, all the things that you can kind of um, tackle with your partner or partners. And that's the thing, if you're choosing and moving forward with the right, uh, the right partners and the people who are also working on themselves and are also grounded, then those things can be, you know, worked on and, and um, managed and overcome together. But uh, in order to do that, you have to be in a decent place yourself. You have to be trying to be. You know, everyone can have bad days or bad weeks even, but 
as long as you are self-aware of what your challenges are and you're doing your best, um, I think I think that's what's important. Hi. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for all the content and sharing so much information and advices. It's been really great. Um, my question basically is um, just if my partner and dominant um, just ended up a really long distance relationship of a year and a half. Um, I was wondering if are there any form of um, rituals or advice uh, for the DS side of the relationship? Um, just as a bit of context, we were in a long-term, long-distance polyamorous and we were also dominant and submissive, um, but not 24-7, uh, just uh, during playtime. And I have been having this feeling that somehow it would be beneficial to have some kind of ceremonial as well for some sort of like ceremony maybe to give closure to their relationship. Um, I haven't been able to find anything. Um, I found a lot for um, the coloring and the bikini for a lack of a better term, but I haven't been able to find anything for like kind of ending, giving closure to that. Um, so any thoughts or advice will be welcome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think that's a really good idea. And you're right. That's another one of these things that we tend to, by default, not do in relationships. These things end or change and we just go separate ways. Um, and then we don't really question why we maybe have a down kind of time or you know where our emotionally kind of our moods are affected because um, we're in shock you know we've had this uh, this uh, attached you know status and then we just kind of stop and we just move on and I think that's some awareness of uh, us needing some kind of transitional phase or at least yeah like you say a, a ritual or ceremony is so obvious and we just don't do it i mean we the amount of energy that goes into things like um weddings you know <laughs> is is crazy when we we don't do anything we can have a relationship for weeks months years um and then maybe it just ends over a call or a text message you know um and you just have a hard time and then hopefully you're okay at some point in the future, you know, and maybe you become friends or, or reconnect with that person on a, in a, in a, you know, healthy way. But um, it would be a lot better to do it in a uh, in a more connected way, and it can certainly be difficult to end a relationship or change it to de-escalate in a healthy way. It's very it's very very hard, um, but at least adding some kind of ritual to the end of a dynamic is something that we can definitely do so really the way to look at it is just the the opposite of like a, a collaring kind of ceremony so you are um, connecting you are acknowledging each other and and what you have been to each other and that can be in the relationship romantically um, or it can just be purely dynamic you can just keep it in dynamic language to focus on that um, and just say what kind of uh, dominant the, the dominant has been 
and what they have done for you and helped you with and and then the dominant can do the same thing and say what what the submissive has been for them and what they have you know given to them and just acknowledge and and kind of mutual praise i suppose would be really really good and really reassuring because um, that isn't gone that isn't going away you know the relationship is ending or changing but what has been um, what has been enjoyed and what has been helpful and, and grown from is not gone you know it's there it's been achieved uh, i think it's really good to acknowledge that and um, and then maybe have yeah like you say a collaring or cuffs or maybe rope would be really tangible if you tie and then untie because that's the release that's the freeing so the kind of praise and tie and acknowledge and speak and connect and then untie and release and then just hold each other and then come apart and that's that's making it kind of physical and tangible so that with some again <laughs> candles and and you know music and just something to really set a mood and make it very kind of cozy and and you know atmosphere is so nice um yeah i think that something like that i think might be kind of what you need and uh, is something that yeah we should all really we should all really be doing these things thanks that's a really good question hello i'm from germany so excuse my english <laughs> my question is how to overcome trust issues and anxiety when um, just starting out as a submissive trying to find the right partner there are a lot of fake doms out there and I've been having quite a few bad experiences so maybe you have some advice on that thank you oh hello Germany and your English is beyond fine it's excellent so thank you for sending in your question it sounds like what you're referring to is vetting so uh, i still occasionally get people say what's what's vetting vetting is the process of kind of intentional investigation of a partner when i say investigation i don't mean like a, like a, a detective in a trench coat but it just means a really good critical Uh, discussion when you're talking to a prospective partner so more than just the natural small talk of where are you from or what do you do like you know those things that chit chat is you know that's going to happen but it's more intentioned points of questioning what someone's uh, views are on kink and what their experiences are and what their practices are and what their uh, you know their dynamics are like so there's the compatibility of what they're into what their preferences are their limits like all these things are like very 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 important to see if there's even compatibility or and also to weed out not just incompatibility but someone who may not be what they're presenting or, or may just be something different than what you want Uh, part of it is also safety, so uh, I do suggest that people at least raise the possibility of being put in touch with another partner of someone. I think that's a really, really good step. And I think if you do that, and if you do good vetting, you will save yourself so much time and probably heartache 
and stress as well, unfortunately, because those do come into play. So I think you need to focus on your vetting and really try not to hold yourself back from asking those questions or feeling like you're being pushy or overstepping anything. This is this is for you. You have to you have to represent your future self and your value by asking all these things and not having any second guessing going on when you do. And keep in mind that if you do ask these things and expect these answers, someone getting defensive or having a problem with you wanting to vet well is telling you that they're probably not a safe option. So even by just doing the vetting and the invitation to someone of collaborating with your vetting is a way of weeding out red flags. So, yes, focus on your vetting. If you need uh, help with that, one of my first guide that I wrote was on vetting. My guide to vetting is uh, on my Patreon, so please go get that. Or, um, send me a message uh, if you're unable to, and I will get a copy to you. To support this space and to get access to TFD's exclusive guides to kink, spicy content, and more, check out his Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash the funny dom. This is just a trigger content warning for the following segment, folks. You're about to hear a little maintenance impact play between myself and my long-distance baby, Miss Cheeky Gemini. So if you'd prefer, please feel free to skip forward about nine minutes. Thank you. Okay, so we're recording now. And baby has already pulled her dress up. <laughs> because you're very eager for your smacks. I am, Daddy. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're gonna do twenty or thirty smacks. Twenty or thirty. Yeah, but we're gonna start very low, so we can do some metering. So I want you to lie on your tummy and pull your dress up, which you already have, haven't you? Daddy. Good girl. So we're going to do 10 on each cheek, but I want them to be a 5 out of 10 intensity. We usually do 7 or 8, don't we, baby? Yes, Daddy. And baby 7s are very good smacks. So 5, I want you to take it a good 2 notches down in intensity so that they're good good little smacks but they don't sting very much until mm, by the 10th one they should be a little bit stingy but the first few should be very easy to take okay yes daddy okay so i want you to be counting them out we're going to start with your left cheek when i say begin you'll start and you will count out one to ten on your left cheek and i want them at a five understood Yes, Daddy. Okay, baby, begin. One, two, three, four, five, and six, 
seven, eight, nine. Good girl, one more. Ten. Good girl. How does that feel? Give me a little rub. Yeah, rubbing is sting in my bottom. Yeah, it's a little stingy. Yeah. Good. Okay, you ready for a right cheek? We've got to bounce that out. Okay, bounce out the bottom. <laughs> That's right, bounce out the bottom. So right cheek, I want ten smacks, and I want these at a five, just like those first ten. Okay? Yes, Daddy. Okay, begin. One. Two. <laughs> Good girl. You give them both a little rub and a squeeze for me. <laughs> okay, you ready for some harder smacks? I am ready for some harder smacks, Daddy. Okay. Well, I want. I think so. <laughs> I want five. We're going to do five smacks on each cheek. And I want these ones to be an eight. Okay. Five and eight. Okay. Yes, Daddy. Mm -hmm. So okay. remember what the last one was. And I want it to be a good jump up so that the first, probably by the second one, you'll really feel it. Okay? Okay. Okay. Yes, Daddy. So we're going to start with the left cheek, and I'll count these ones out for you. Okay, Daddy. Okay, you ready? Yes, Daddy. One. Mm, good. Two. Mm, three. Good. Give that a little squeeze and another rub for me right now. Good girl. Four. Five. Good girl. Now the right cheek. One. Two. Three. Four, five. <laughs> Good girl. Give it a little rub. Hmm. Baby, like some more smacks. 
daddy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Okay, I want you to roll over and spread your legs, and you're going to have some thigh smacks then. Can I change my mind? No. Okay. Okay. We're going to do five smacks on each inner thigh, but I want these to be just at a five, like the first bottom smacks were, okay? Okay, I want you to count these ones out. We're going to start with your left inner thigh. Ready? Begin. <laughs> Good girl. Other side now. Begin. Good girl. <laughs> what do you say? Thank you, Daddy. Yeah. Good girl. You did very, very well. Thank you, Daddy. Okay, those thigh ones, man. <laughs> <laughs> Baby asked for more smacks. I did, but I thought we were just doing on the bottom. <laughs> inner thigh ones. Man, can I swear? Um, <laughs> you can swear. Oh, they fucking hurt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the show and. FYI, for those of you who stuck around to hear the uh, smacks with Baby, there was a very, very spicy playtime after that, which she enjoyed thoroughly and deserved thoroughly as well. So I hope you enjoyed the rest of the show. and uh, Thank you for listening and for joining me. And, uh, please leave your feedback and uh, praise in the comments. And... I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you have a, a lovely day and week. Play safe, stay kinky, as if you had any choice in the matter. See you next week. To support this space and to get access to TFD's exclusive guides to kink, spicy content and more, check out his Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash the funny dom.